This is Deserter. The podcast that asks, what do you want to be when you give up? Yes. <laughs> we're, here, we're here with Deadly Headley on Knobs, hey. and in today's show, which is the last of the current series... So it is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> what we got on? Uh, well, what we've been up to, and a farewell to everyone's favourite success story, the corporate deserter. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with a moment of silence before the news and then head off for our last visit to Deserter School. Indeed, and we'll be uh, talking to our commercial manager, Pompey Dunk, oh. uh, in a particularly awkward se- segment about money. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. No, I'm not, no. Um, I'll be interested to see how you cope with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you were doing it. <laughs> uh, after that, we'll be talking about Jeff Dyer's The Colour of Money. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the Colour of Memory, I beg your pardon. Yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's my memory gone. Uh, that's in Book Corner. And rounding off with a look at the social media scene. Oh, such a cool phrase. I know. Uh, lots to get through then, uh, so let's get cracking straight away. Yeah, or we could just ramble on a bit about what we've been up to. Yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, I think the first thing to mention probably is our Dulwich Hamlet deserter Women's tap World Cup tap takeover. We really should have got a shorter yeah, title really. for that, shouldn't we? Yeah. It's, it's a difficult hashtag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, a month-long tap takeover uh, of South London beers. Yeah, it features the might of South London brewing, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, believe you me, we didn't have to compromise on quality No, whatsoever. there's been some absolute crackers. Oh, genius. And uh, it's still going on now. It runs up until the Women's World Cup final, July the 7th. Yeah, I hope the lionesses will be in it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it features some amazing beers. Not it, least of which is the Lazy Jesus Lazy, Deserter Session IPA. Yeah, um, it's created for us by Southey Brewing. Absolutely wonderful, easy-drinking IPA. Beautiful, yeah. Um, one of my favourite bits about the, uh, the entire launch was the craft table. Oh, that was uh, great. Yeah, yes. where um, people came and tried to win a pint of Lazy Jesus by creating the pump clip art. Yes, some great efforts there. Not by you, I noticed. No, no. (laughs) Uh, It was won by Ellie Lou, and uh, to be honest, as soon as I saw saw Ellie walking through the door, I thought, at least we're going to have one decent effort. Yeah. But they were very good, weren't they? We had a few, yeah. Yeah. I I like Janine's one. Oh, Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was on a cross, uh, nailed up with a pint in each hand, which sounds cruel, but she'd given him a straw... That went yeah. from each glass to his mouth. So yeah, yeah. so you had to draw it. Yes, had to yeah. be hand drawn at craft corner and, and, pen, and pen and paper. Yeah, all sorts of pens. Yeah, mm. they had a, a whole uh, bag of pens. So there's a gallery now of uh, of, of all the efforts mm. that uh, you can still view if you go to to the uh, to the Dulwich Hamlet yeah. clubhouse. And the winner was a, a, a blonde looking Jesus smoking what looked like an enormous reefer. Yeah, yeah. sacrilegious probably. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the launch was great. It was packed. Great to see yeah. um, women's football get so well supported. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful day out and some amazing beers, uh, which persist to this day. In fact, we've just heard, haven't we, that the Lazy Jesus is on for another batch. So hopefully, we'll be seeing a lot more of that down yes, there. Yes, three, three more uh, 
barrels, wasn't it? That's Three just, more barrels have been bought, but, but Sam's, Sam's put in another batch. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so another, another, oh, another. Yeah. I made the mistake of uh, trying all the beers uh, in, in the festival. Yes, you were wondering how, how to approach them, weren't you? And then a friend of ours suggested nearest to furthest. Yes. Yes, yeah. which went very it, well, didn't it? It, it did. I mean, it, yeah, it just took the decision-making out. It mm. saved me about an hour, probably. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was a bit uh, messy at the end, as yes. people have noted. Um, you missed my um, DJ set. I missed all of your DJ sets, yeah, yes. That went in the toilet? <laughs> he was in the disabled area, <laughs> mostly. Yes, for good reason, perhaps. <laughs> uh, I, I, I meant to, to... Well, I did have a half of e- each of them. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, Rachel, tell, the bar manager, tells me that... Uh, I, I was on pints at the end, and I think that's probably where it all went that's wrong. That's where it went wrong, Wrong yeah. way round. Yeah. Um, yes, I've uh, started a new career inadvertently, DJ Raider. I, oh, I yeah. did a one-hour of dance bangers, and uh, they've un- invited me back. Unfortunately, there has been some footage emerged of me doing the rowing dance to Oops Upside Your Head, which oh, I dear. hope doesn't compromise my application. <laughs> uh, we shall see. What else have we been up to? You, you've been uh, travelling, haven't I you? I have been travelling, yes. I had a trip across four countries, uh, five if you include a wrong turn into Germany, <laughs> to see one band at a rock festival in Holland. Wow. Um, Pure Reason Revolution, who had reformed to play their debut album in full, which I had to, really, had to go, really. I have seen them do it before but it was, uh, as we styled it, a twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the, the album uh, is called The Dark Third. It's bloody brilliant. It's probably uh, fav- my favourite debut album of this century. And um, to see it, we had to go, as I say, across four countries. We had a beer stop in Brussels. We had an overnight in Liège, where we met a coterie of brain science PhD students, mm. one of whom was from Colombia, told us a couple of interesting things. One was that Gabriel Garcia Marquez's 100 Years of Solitude was actually an account of the early-onset dementia prevalent in small Colombian villages. Wow, I didn't know that. Due to inbreeding. So it wasn't magic realism, it was madness realism. Yeah, whenever it goes magic, it's actually madness. Uh, It makes a lot of sense. Um, She also told me, I think you'll be interested in this, she also told me that eating meat is important for the brain to function at its highest level, which I think explains why you're so smart. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, then on into Holland, to Valkenburg via Maastricht, and a night in a town which was filled with cavemen doing a caveman race through mud-filled caves. <laughs> it was all slightly surreal. And if it wasn't for all the booze to ground us, we might have gone quite, quite mad. <laughs> um, it's a massive cycling town, Valkenburg, uh-huh. uh, which reminds me that I also went to uh, Velofate in Herne Hill. Oh, yes, at the uh, velodrome. At the velodrome, mm. yeah. Um, again, a, a wonderful occasion I understand last year they overcharged. It was something like £15 to get in. And, yes, um, I went. Oh, you went, did you? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad they've learnt from that. They have, because this year it was three quid, lovely beer tents, wow. free free entrance to, all, pay last to all the sessions. <laughs> <laughs> should point out. Um, I, I, I bumped into uh, Ned Bolting there. Who oh, right. you may remember of wrote course. the forward to our book. Yes, very, very <laughs> nice. Um we promised to buy him a pint for writing the forward. It's only taken six months um, yeah, to get Yeah, give him a book. Yeah. Did um, you remember the book? I gave him a book as well. Um, he was very good. He was, he was extolling its virtues. virtues. People came up um, to buy his book, and he was selling our book. <laughs> <laughs> good lad. Um, 
and uh yeah so it was only six months late the pint but he said it was well worth the wait and uh <laughs> he uh introduced me to wigo sir wigo sir wigo to you yeah so we had a nice little um <laughs> nice little chat the three of us um it was all a wonderful occasion i understand brixton cycles also do a, uh events down at Hernhill Velodrome. They have a mixed Madison mayhem weekend. Oh. Unfortunately, I think that was la- last weekend. I was out of the country in Holland or wherever the fuck it was. Mm. Um, but I'm definitely going again yeah. to Hernhill Velodrome for this for the cycling events. It's quite wonderful mm. afternoon, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and right on my doorstep, I had no idea. Did, did you cycle? No. Nope. Do you cycle? <laughs> nope. No, just like the outfits. Uh, I did. Um, uh, at the um, bookstall, I asked for Ned Bolting's Heart of Darkness, his mm. book about Eric Brister. And go, oh, yes, I must um, get that, actually. And they didn't have it. They had all his books on oh. cycling, but they didn't have the Heart of Darkness. Oh. Uh, and when he was started his session, he said, um, the, 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 the adjudicator, whatever they call him, you know, the, the person he's Compe. chatting to, the, mm. like the compayer, um, asked him about his darts book. And he said, yes, it's, uh, no one's buying it. It's hardly <laughs> sold any. But I was very pleased to hear that someone today has asked after it at the bookstore. <laughs> I put my hand out. I said, it was me. He was like, oh, it was you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great. I'm definitely going to get it. Yes, me too. What else have we been up to? We did a live appearance just we? about live. Just about live appearance. We nearly lost our, live, uh, yeah. our lives live on stage. Yeah, this was at the Ballum Literary Festival at the Ballum Bowls Club. A beautiful room upstairs, mm. um, the ballroom. Yeah. And we did a session uh, about South London and our yeah. book. Um, yeah. What we happened? To, well, uh, all of a sudden there was smoke and the smell of burning. Crackles. Crackles, There was yeah. a bit of an unfortunate incident with a spilled pint and a lamp flex. Yes. And, um, Some exposed cables. Yeah. Health L- and safety nightmare. Health safety nightmare. Long story short, the um, tech manager had to come on stage and she had to stamp out the fire. Yeah. Which was Safer raging lives. all around us while we bravely continued drinking <laughs> our pints. The show must go on. That yes. Absolutely terrifying. But a lovely turnout. Great audience, wasn't it? Yeah, um, really terrific. Yeah. Some good questions at the end, I thought. Very good, um, yes. Like, I, my, one of my favourites was, what is the best and worst smelling pub? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a great question. I mean, it's it's quite easy to think of the worst smelling pubs. I mean, yeah. for me, it was the Edmund Halley at Lee Green. Cause the Agreed. Carpet, the Weatherspoons smelled of piss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the best smelling, I mean... It's not normally something others, you probably. consider, is it? No, you only notice them if they smell bad. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so no, no, nothing came to mind for the best smelling pub. I mean, lastly, I suspect it's, it's probably a pub garden that's going to be the nicest mm. smelling place. Well, when pub. you've skinned up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a lovely smell. <laughs> And we and there was there was an interesting question about Roxy. Yes, there was. <laughs> yeah, Roxy came along, and uh, we liked her question, um, which went along the lines of, "I find Roxy to be an extraordinarily well-drawn character. <laughs> Is she based on anyone in real life?" <laughs> Cheeky. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, to be fair enough, um, I dragged her along. She didn't know we were going to be on. She thought she was going to a gig. Oh, <laughs> and then she saw it was us. She couldn't believe it. Um, Okay, what else have we been up to? Um, 
Well, you've been you've been on a rival podcast. Oh, I yes, believe. I have. Yes, I yeah. have. Yeah, curious, curiously specific. Um, the podcast that takes books out for a, a ride to check the dates and locations. They invited me out um, for part of their Patrick Hamilton's Hangover Square uh, podcast. I don't know why they thought of me. No, no, great uh, book. A great book. A great book about booze and London. Yeah. Pubs, I mean. Yeah. Uh, set ma- mostly in Earl's Court. We spent the day looking around there um, trying to track down the pubs. Um, it, from the book, you know, if you don't know the book, it's a book about sort of alcoholism, madness, uh, murder, and uh, the build-up to the war sort of thing. And uh, as you say, set in lots pubs. of pubs and bedsits. Mm-hmm. Comedy, then. <laughs> well, you might think so from the uh, from the title, and uh, indeed it has its comedic it has its moments. moments. Yes. I think some people consider it to be a, a you know a black, black comedy, comedy, a mm. black of blacker than black comedy. Mm. Um, that was good fun. That's probably out now, actually. So that's a curiously specific podcast. If you want to hear even more of my voice, although they might have edited me out because I got told off for agreeing with them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't agree with them. Yes, they, don't, they, they don't do like, like it. to be chippy with each they other. Don't like it, yeah. You went uptown, didn't you, as I well? Went to, um, I, I went on a wander for uh, a piece I'm going to do in the next week or so, I suppose. Um, uh, Union Street, uh, SE1. Mm. I spent the day on there. I was going to do a street life piece, mm. you know, where you spend a day on one street. And you could spend you could spend the whole day there because they've got a travel lodge as well. There's uh, <laughs> several pubs that we have not been to or, wow. not, or not written about, which is amazing. There's like, it's astonishing. Yeah. Is it not pronounced Onion Street? Just, uh, <laughs> no. Is it the reference to when it was an old market garden where they, they grew and sold the onions? Again, no. <laughs> Just like to cover all angles. A lot of listeners may have been asking themselves that question. Um, uh, no. Thrice, no. <laughs> Please stop, no. Um... Yeah, so I did try all, all, all the uh, the pubs out that uh, hadn't been in before. Uh, I mentioned the Rose and Crown last time out, mm. um, but uh, there was another pub that um, I really enjoyed, Mac and Sons, which is where the old Charles Dickens pub used to be. Do you recall that pub? I do, because Luke Eastney wrote a piece that's on the site, didn't he? About, oh, yes. About coming to London to escape his depression and yes. landing in, in the Charles Dickens. That's right. Well, I'm afraid it's gone, Luke. Oh, that'll cheer him up. <laughs> um, but it has been replaced with a new old Irish boozer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks old, but it is it is new. And um, yes, it does have an Irish feel about it. And it's great. It's a really nice pub, really lovely staff. Um, and it does have Irish craft beer, which is quite unusual. Mm. Um, there's beers from... Um, Belfast and um, Cork and uh, Wicklow, Whiplash beer is very good. Oh. I recommend that. Um, but And they have Irish music, but they have Thai food. I, I thought that mm. was odd and asked them about that. But apparently the owner, the, the, uh, the guy who runs the pub is uh, Irish and his wife is Thai and she runs the kitchen. Right. But it did get me fantasising about a beer and potato bar, you know, 
Oh, like an Irish restaurant. An, uh, yes, an Irish potato restaurant. Jacket mm. potatoes, mashed potatoes, chips. Oh, yeah. Roast potatoes. This is a bit like our vegetarian restaurant idea again, isn't it? It is. Chips and beef dripping, though. Oh, OK. Um, roasties in goose fat. Yeah. Croquettes. Yeah, if you must. Um, I mean, you've got to cover them all. Yeah, scallops. Yeah. Scal- yeah. yeah. Dauphinoise. Just crisps. Crisps. Tato. Tatoes. Tatoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great idea. I, I want it to happen. Perhaps we should speak to our marketing manager. Oh. Pachin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to eat it, you could drink them. Though. Drink pachin, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. That would be your idea of heaven, wouldn't it? Mm. Drink alcoholic potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good I'm to see sure your Irish side coming out. Yes, yes, it does. Please put it away. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, Union Street, fascinating. Uh, you know, it's got a couple of theatres, it's got galleries, several pubs I've never been into. Mm. Lovely. Look forward to seeing the piece. Yes, I must write it. <laughs> That's the, you've done the easy bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, well, now for the last time, uh, possibly ever. Possibly. He's back, and not only that, he's in the bloody studio. I am the corporate deserter. I earn a six-figure salary. And I do fuck all. Hello and welcome back, corporate deserter. It's lovely to have you with us in person again. Whatever. We've learnt so much from you in this series about where we might have been going wrong in the world of work and... Where you've been going wrong in the world of work is considering work as something to be avoided as opposed to a game that is there for the winning. Look at you two, with your roll-ups and your plastic shoes. You think you're all that, but you haven't got two fivers to rub together, let alone two cars in the driveway. I mean, look at this phone. Whose is this? Uh, That's Deadly's, actually. The producers. I might have known. This whole show is filled with losers. With my way, you get to do all the skiving you want, but you can still afford a phone that doesn't make you look like a fucking drug dealer. Make work work for you. It's all there for you. Lunch, money, booze, sex, drugs. You've just got to get your head out of your ass. That's most illuminating, as has been your appearances throughout the series. Uh, but we understand you're now relocating to New York City. Correct. Uh, might you still have time to file the odd report from the New World? Unlikely, I'm afraid. For a start, you'd have to change my jingle. Uh, for why? Well, put it this way. I'll no longer be earning a six-figure salary. Oh, you're taking a pay cut, are you? Do I look like the sort of cunt that takes a pay cut? No, a basic package of $1.2 million, plus bonus, golden hello, relocation costs, and a company pied-à-terre on the Upper East Side. Wow. And can you tell us what you'll be doing there? Yes, of course. Same as usual. Fuck all. Well, it's always lovely to uh, to hear from Osman, isn't it? Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss him, aren't we? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I did actually wonder if he might be going to prison, but <laughs> don't tell him when he gets back. Um, anyway, now um, as a blessed uh, respite from our endless blathering, it's a moment of silence. Yeah, a minute in which we kick back and, through peaceful reflection, recenter ourselves and have a little top up. What have you got in store for us today, Deadly? 
Well, today's moment of silence is taken from... A moment of silence. Oops. A moment of silence. He's gone off early. A moment of silence. A moment of silence. What's going on? The machines have taken over. A moment of silence. A moment of silence. Can we stop it? How do we stop it? They are risen. Take your finger off the key, Deadly. I have taken your finger. Put it back on. Silence. Shall we go to the news? I don't think I've ever been so relieved to get to the news. news what a racket news. that was. <laughs> yeah, the news, 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 news. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> Make your finger off the key. <laughs> um, uh, do we have some news? We've got some news. First of all, pub, pub and beer news. Let's get grounded again with some pub and beer news. Um, there's a new micropub for the borough of Bexley. Wow. It's popping that's, up in Falconwood. That's amazing. I mean, it's another one of those places where nothing really happens like black fen so it's great that they've got something Bexley's to... like the center of the microbe universe isn't it it certainly is as far as it, london's, london's concerned says, yeah. yeah um and also i think falcon was on the on the green chain walk so mm. it gives you something to look forward to doesn't it because you yeah. don't want to walk too far between pubs no, no. there's a cemetery there too oh perfect <laughs> i know what you've got in mind <laughs> keep it light though yeah try and keep it positive um yeah, and then you saw something about the old justice. The old justice, yes, the the old boozer in Bermondsey, um, which has been closed down for a while, and there's a, a group trying to raise the old justice. Hashtag raise the old justice yeah. on Twitter and uh, a Facebook group uh, trying to reopen the pub and save this listed building from becoming flats, as, mm. as it's already surrounded by a properties yeah, isn't it that's right I mean it was closed last time we went there it was on part of our leaning tour wasn't it mm. some of the uppermost places to lean in London and it was closed when we got there and we had to lean on some bins yeah as I remember yeah that's alright we had been in before I think we were probably off our tits we were off our tits and bit para yeah we thought someone might actually give us a bit of old justice yes and if there's Rough any justice. kind of justice that i don't want to face it's the old kind no we don't like the old kind uh there was that fella sitting at the bar in a vest wasn't there he was yeah he wasn't welcoming no he no, wasn't no. no um but yeah we want we want you need a pub there i think between it's a long walk from the, the other pub on the uh, river to uh, yeah. along to the Angel. Absolutely. I mean, it must be some something like between... It's the only one between Tower Bridge and the Angel, isn't it? I would have thought in, yeah. in Bermsey. And as you say, you don't want long distances between pubs. You don't want any more than a mile between pubs, I'd say. No, it should be illegal. Yeah. Glad we got that straight. Mm. Um, I also noticed the 414 Club in Brixton has closed its doors oh, forever. Dear. Also that going to is be flat. Yeah, I mean... Um, not a notable beer place, as I remember. No. In fact, the first time we went there, didn't sell any alcohol at all. No. And it was £10 to get in. Yes, I know. You, you... And it only sold water. Mm. Very curious. Yeah. Then we realised everybody in there was as high as kites. Yeah. Everyone's uh, off the tits. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so as soon as we'd had a bit of that, we were happy, and we didn't really want any beer. No, you I, don't like beer when you're on Molly, anyway, do you? I don't. No. I don't like. I don't like beer. Beer and ease together. Make, make I love mixing everything up. One of my favourites is acid and brandy. 
<laughs> keeps your feet on the ground. Yeah. So how you keep your figure? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, in the pub news, the Grosvenor Arms in Stockwell. I'm hearing good reports of that from uh, at Beer Guide London on Twitter, which is oh, yeah. worth a follow. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's they've got 25 beers on mm. pump, uh, you know, keg and cask mm-hmm. and cider. Um, and it's uh, what the reason I uh, guessed it would be good is it's a sister pub to the Priory Arms, oh. also in Stockwell. We've been yes. there, haven't we, and had a very is, good time. Yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. pub. Yeah, and I'm glad that uh, the Priory has siblings. Exactly, you want that sort of family. Mm. So that's a Grosvenor Arms, a bit of a backstreeter. It's kind of near the around the corner from the Crown and Anchor on Brixton Road, if you know that, near mm-hmm. that little mm. greenery where we sometimes skin up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> uh, did you see, Vinny, did you see that a report in The Independent has discovered that working just eight hours a week provides you with your peak mental health? Uh, it doesn't Whatever surprise me, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's... As much as that. Yes, well, exactly. Well, perhaps you do need a bit of contrast. You I know. think you need. What they're saying is, you do need to get out of the house. Yeah. Meet some people. Have yeah. them take the piss out of you. You know, get some weather. Get out of your pajamas. Get out of your pajamas. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Much as we'd like to stay in our pajamas all week, mm. you might go mad. Yeah. You might go mad. Anyway, according to this new study, um, one day of employment is the most effective dose in order to provide the mental health benefits of paid work. Uh, artificial intelligence, big data, robotics will replace much of the paid work currently done by humans, says this report from the University of Salford. If there's not enough for everybody who wants to work full time, we will have to rethink our current norms. And this is the bit I, I thought you were going to like this. Mm-hmm. Researchers also suggested some policy options for transitioning into a future with limited work, such as five-day weekends. Wow. <laughs> Like we've been campaigning for a five-day weekend for yeah. years now. Are we academics? We? We're, oh, I mean, well, the, academia has caught up with us. Yes. Or they've been listening to us. Mm. Would it be Thursday or Tuesday? Then? I'm a bit Thursday actually. Me too. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, a quote that caught my eye was: "We have effective dosage guides for everything, from vitamin C to hours of sleep, mm. in order to help us feel better." Yes, but this is the first time the question has been asked of paid work. Yeah, makes sense. It does. In a way. And this was from uh, Dr. Brendan Birchall, a sociologist from Cambridge University. I mean, these are proper boffins. Really. Absolutely, yeah. Top boffins. Top boffins. Um, it reminds me of. Um, when I quit work, and I, do you remember I did a, some paid consultancy? Uh, it was one day a week for a production agency. Oh, yeah. It was on a Wednesday. Oh, my God, that Wednesday came around quickly. Mm, too it, much. I had to give it up in the end. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was just over the top. Yeah. So and there's work to be done. I think a no-day working week still could be the future. That, that could be optimal. Yeah. Related to that, um, just briefly, I noticed there's an, uh, a hit new japanese tv show did you see this no. it's called i'm not going to work overtime <laughs> <laughs> it's taken japan by storm and it's a tv show in which employees are challenged to leave work on time wow it's, instead of working a fucking 90 hour week or whatever they do there's so much to learn honestly it would it would be funny if it wasn't so bloody tragic mm. um uh from japan to somewhere a little bit more local yes to greenwich um 
It's, it's unusual for us to report a newsagent closing, a sweetie shop, mm. but uh, Sabo's is the oldest uh, shop in Greenwich, apparently, um, and uh, it's been in the family for decades, and it's clo- had its last day the other day, um, but we'll probably remember it for the uh, adverts used to have in, in the window. Oh, I do. Uh, I don't know if you recall. They're for brilliant. sale, inscribed marble effect darts trophy, ideal for Dave Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one about the alien or something like oh, yeah. man wishes to meet extraterrestrial no time for wasters. romance <laughs> maybe more no no time wasters <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a few good ones romantic gentleman wishes to meet lady if you move in with me you could have joint aa membership for 15 pounds <laughs> So, someone or some people are having brilliant fun with these window yes. adverts, aren't they? In yeah. Sabos. Are Sabo, they all gone now? Or? Uh, I think they've all gone now. So, oh. uh, um, the guy, Mr. Sabo, can't remember his first name, Ben maybe, um, said that about 50 50, uh, you know, he had like 50 50 of serious ads and jokes. Oh, okay. And if yeah. they weren't very good jokes, he wouldn't stick them up. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> What a local service. Mm, yeah, so they're going to be greatly missed. Um, I thought, I haven't really got any, uh, any, anything particular to say about it, but I thought it would be remiss of us uh, not to mention Camberwell and it being in the news oh, this time around. yes. <laughs> now that um, Bojo mm. seems to be living there. Um, he's been spotted in local uh, restaurants and cycling around the, the green. Uh, and obviously that he's... The leafy setting for his rapprochement with, with um, his girlfriend must have been in Ruskin Park, I imagine, or in uh, Burgess Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was old. Five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed uh, Campbell Online's tweet. Um, they're a sort of a local service for news about Campbell. Uh, they said, I'll tell you what, this week's been absolutely ruined the searches and alerts I've set up to monitor the local news. <laughs> I imagine their uh, inbox have been quite, yeah. quite full. Imagine how Clerkenwell feel after yes. Piers Morgan's tweet. Oh, what an idiot. Yeah. So Piers Morgan says something like, typical of the people who live next door to Bojo who reported the row to be living in a place like Clerkenwell. He's <laughs> <laughs> really an idiot, isn't he? Um, they can have an idiot off... Um, yeah, they deserve each other, don't they? <laughs> Pair of cunts. <laughs> to South Norwood now, mm-hmm. and um, One Giant Leap. Have you heard of One Giant Leap? I did see that on Twitter, yeah. yeah um, the South Norwood Tourist Board, one yes. of our favourites, yep. um, has announced One Giant Leap, which is to take place in the Sensible Garden on Saturday the 20th of July. This is a full reenactment of the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> the poster states, after 50 years, the truth can finally be told. Sounds, sounds a lot of fun. Um, and attendees are encouraged to dress as their favourite alien, and there will be moon samples for all. <laughs> That's one giant leap in the Sensible Garden, 4pm, I think it is, Saturday, 20th of July. That sounds like great fun. <laughs> That's, you know what the Sensible that. Garden's named after? A, 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 one of a famous local resident, Captain Sensible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they also. I'll be damned. He's good. He's good. Hire him. You're fired. Um, And there was another story in the news um, that you may have seen about um, a driver in Devon who um, went off the road, swerved off the road, and uh, when police came to uh, 
make sure he was all right. They, he said that he'd swerved to avoid a giant octopus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they immediately arrested him <laughs> on suspicion of, of driving whilst off his tits. Yes. I think they call it. Yeah, is that a proper charge? Yeah. yeah that might yeah. call it now. Um, were you in Devon at the time? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the guy on acid, you may remember, who uh, was in the papers for rescuing a dog from an imaginary fire. Do you remember <laughs> oh, that <yes>. one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a picture of him and the dog. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they're all kind of people, aren't they? I mean, I wonder if that Devon guy might be good at marketing. The, the guy driving or the octopus? Well, well yeah, or the octopus. I mean, yeah. It would have to have come like three miles on country roads yeah. to get there. Yeah. Um, what, to, re- part, to replace um, Pompey Dunk, you mean? We, we've got to have a talk no, about that. No, we're going to have to have a talk about that in yeah, a minute, yeah. yeah. Not looking forward to that. Um, no. It's a funny word, octopus, isn't it? Because uh, unusually for English words, it's got two plurals. Does it? Yeah, it's um, one octopus two octopuses and 3.14 octopi <laughs> come on get it get it oh, don't worry <laughs> don't worry you hear it again it's a recurring joke oh, oh come on <laughs> come on don't cut no don't cut it don't cut it <laughs> what's next well i think we're off to school but we don't need our pens and papers today because it's the end of turn jamboree, right? Oh, lovely, yes. And there's a bloody drink up and the prize giving. Prize giving, yeah. And help us realise To become one of the wise First must be a fool Productively inferior But morally superior Little will become prettier And good old deserves a school Good afternoon, students. As the academic year draws to a close, I would like to take this opportunity to wish you all well, particularly those of you who are leaving us this summer. Just a reminder that your graduation fee is payable at the bursar's office before Friday. £2,000 may seem like a lot to some, but do bear in mind that the certificate you receive in return is a tangible indication to all and sundry that you are utterly unemployable. Priceless. And now, without further ado, I hand you over to the Dulwich Raider, RPM, VHS, HTML, for this year's prize giving. Thank you, Dean. And may I echo the sentiment vis-à-vis the graduation certificates and remind you that there is a 10% discount for cash, plus, of course, 200 nectar points. Now then, to the end-of-year prizes. First, the midterm design projects. Honourable mentions in this category go to Jay Hawkins Sr. for his boat that rose itself back from the pub, the one over the eight. Well done, Hawkins, for once. And also to Jemima von Schlafgut for her dormoscope, the periscope for watching TV while lying down flat. A boon for early mornings, late nights, and everything in between. Well done, Jemima. But the prize this year goes to Jacob Fanakali for his extraordinary work on the Magic Cricket Caliper, also known as the MCC. This hollow full-leg brace not only allows you to nab the best seats in the house, but also provides an incredible three litres of interior volume to keep you in booze for an entire day's cricket, plus some left over for the train home. A remarkable achievement. Well done.
Moving on, the prize for the shortest dissertation goes to Roger Kimley for his work, A Prolegomena Towards an Understanding of the Benefits of Employment. Clocking in at just 37 words, including the title, it is a work of commendable brevity, and I think I speak for all of us in the staff room when I say thank fuck for that. Well done, Roger. Here's your £5 post order. Would you care to say a few words? What's that? Can't be bothered. Good man, good man. And finally, Person of the Year 2018-19. This goes not to a student this year, but to Kitty McNamara, who at the grand old age of 84 still runs a magnificently tight ship at the Deserter Arms, the oldest of our three campus public houses. She will be known to many of you, of course, from her catchphrase, I'm 84! Kitty is unable to be with us today as she prepares for opening time, so I suggest that we finish today's business immediately and instead visit her. Roger, it's your round. Well, it's nice to be broken up from school, isn't it? Isn't it? I love that feeling. Yeah. The summer stretches ahead of you. Yeah. Nothing to do, Play apart from... in the park. Yeah, and also... Oh, we do have one thing to do, don't we? Yeah. Um, I we, mean... The thing is, with our commercial manager, it's not really working out, is it? The money's not really. The no, money's gone down. Some, There's no money. I've got to say to him, it's not yeah. working out, Doug. Yeah. I mean, we, we sent you a lot of money and... Um, nothing's come back. Nothing's actually come back, has it, really? Um, okay, say that to him, yeah. Yeah, you say it, yeah? I thought you were going to do it. Oh, uh, well, we need to be firm with him. You might be better coming from you. I mean, we do need to take control of our own destiny, don't we? We do, yeah. yeah. We can't, there's no shilly-shallying around. Yeah. We've just got to be clear. I'll give him All a right. ring. Give him a ring and, well, we can both do it. We'll do it together. Yeah, I'll put him on speaker. I mean, I like him. You know, he's a, he's yeah. a good guy, but... He's a nice guy. I do like he's him. He's fucking useless. <laughs> Pompey, Pompey. Time is money, Andy. Time is money. Sorry, mate. How, how's uh, how's America? Um, America? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, it, it was an interesting um, sojourn. Uh, ended a bit abruptly. Right. Oh, uh, oh. Are you back home then? Deported. I mean, not exactly. No, I've just uh, taken a little diversion. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where Where are you now then, Pompey? Well, I, I hit a bit of a, um, a roadblock in the US, to be honest, because, uh, well, obviously I was going around trying to sell the dream uh, yeah. of, a, of desertion and, and the brand, but um, ultimately it seems like most people out there want to work silly hours and uh, right. take 10 days leave the year and have no health care. Oh. Yes. That's, that's called their dream, apparently. Oh, bloody hell. Ooh. I mean, the thing is, uh, we've just seen the, like, the bank account, Pompey, and as, are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, um, and there doesn't seem to be much left in it. There's not much coming in, is there? Not much coming in. I'm, I'm not sure it's working, Dunk. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm taking advantage of my, my, my um, kind of diversion because um, mm. um, I, I might have had a little run-in with immigration in terms of uh, the brand. They didn't really like it, and uh, oh. desertion doesn't go down very well out there. So, no, fair, um, fair. Yeah, I just just found another like kind of entry point into Africa, perhaps, and uh, I just, uh, just kind of um, rather than going back to Heathrow, just a little, little hot to Cairo at the moment. So I hope that's okay. You're you're in Egypt now as we speak. 
Uh, yes, yes. Are you are you at a football match? <laughs> Is that a football I, crowd I can hear? Um, I mean, there's lots of business opportunities out here. I think. Okay. Uh, I think this continent is ripe for the deserter, to be honest. Um, <laughs> All right. A bit more happier, a bit more chilled out. Uh-huh. Oh. Themselves and uh, I, think I think they're going to buy into the concept, then. Yeah. What's that? There might be a there might be a football game one or two at the moment, <laughs> but that's quite a buy. Well, that sounds hopeful. Um, yeah, it's just about the money, really. Um, just wondering. Well, Go on. I've got some good news on that. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah, so uh, since I've been in Cairo, I've, I've, uh, I met a chap, and mm. um, he's told me about this, uh, this excellent pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bug in the rest of the expenses into the, um, into the pyramids. Uh, okay, um, uh, I suppose so. Yeah, if, yeah, if, if you, you know best. All oh, right. Um, yeah. Well, the pyramids it, are popular out here. I've seen them. Everyone knows <laughs> them. So we're going to stick our money in the pyramids, and it's just going to be guaranteed gold dust. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, uh, if it's guaranteed, I suppose yeah. that's all right. Uh, Can't argue with that. No. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that. Okay, Pompey. Um, that's great. Yeah. Maybe see you when you, when you're back sometime. Absolutely, at some point in the in, in 2019, yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> just like to say, I'm really enjoying this opportunity of being commercial manager, and I'm undoubtedly enjoying taking thousands from you. I mean, no. Making um, thousands for you. Yes. That would be n- nice. That would be the better way around, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. We're going to make thousands together. Brilliant. Great. Less funny, more money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank, thank you very much, Pompey. See you soon. Great. yeah. Yeah, okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Cheers. Well, I think that went very well. Very well. I yeah. mean, it's very important to you know take control of your own destiny. Isn't yes, it? I and think he uh, heard that, that. You know, we need to make money, and he's obviously on that. He must be on that. So, in a way, I'm glad we didn't sack him. Yes. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> Books. 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 Letters. 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 Words. 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 Reading, sentences, paragraphs, fonts, words again, corners, it's book corner. So, what have you got for us this month, Raider? I have chosen The Colour of Memory by Jeff Dyer. Interesting. Yeah, the Daily Telegraph on the cover calls him quite possibly the best living writer in Britain. Hmm. Hmm. Quite an accolade. Um, yeah. And it is good. It is good, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, it's a book that I would have thought, if you'd read ours, you'd assume that we had read his first. Indeed. It's quite similar in many ways, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it looks like it's been a big influence on us, but we'd only heard yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, the ago. first thing I thought when reading it is, how on earth did this book pass me by? Yeah. It's got all my core interests. Uh, it's a book about slacking, drinking and smoking weed. Set in South London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the first, uh, the dedication is to my South London friends, isn't it? And um, on reading it, I was struck by how quite clearly he'd beaten Douglas Copeland and others to the line in recording the slacker generation, mm. the, the lost generation of the 80s, if you like. Um, it's a series of vignettes, um, not unlike our book, 
that don't particularly go anywhere plot-wise. No, it, it doesn't have the form of a novel, really, does it? No. In a way. But I, I, I don't mind that, you know. I don't mm. like mind uh, people messing with form in, in a lot of um, art forms, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like uh, your paintings, for example. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one where it went over the frame onto the wall. <laughs> I, well, I sometimes get find it quite constraining. You know, yeah. when uh, you know there's a, there's a certain structure. Yes, exactly. To be adhered to. Yeah, it doesn't do that. It's sort of anecdotal rambles. Isn't yes, it, it is. Uh, and uh, yeah, I so say these these vignettes sort of together they paint this picture, don't they? Quite an evocative picture of life on the dole, just getting by and getting high. Yeah. With friends. Yeah, it um, was a great period for that. Yes, it certainly was. And I think um, part of that is due to the fact that there was housing benefit and the, and the yeah. dole, you know, that was a safety net. For we didn't know it. how fucking lucky no, we No, we didn't really, did Edge we? Yes, that's right. I think that, that actually features in it. Yeah. One of them goes on the EIA, yeah. Um, an inscription, another inscription at the front of the book reads, there are happy moments, but no happy periods in history. Uh, which I thought was interesting because this book is like a collection of moments, mm. um, most of them happy. And it's got a re- recorded in neat observational detail and covers a lot of the ground <laughs> familiar to us yeah. um, in sort of slacking at work and uh, avoiding getting the next job sort of thing or, or being forced into having a job. Um, in fact, it starts with him uh, being sacked. I've got a, ser- a, a couple of... Uh, short readings to do um he writes being evicted from a house was a new experience for me but getting sacked was something i'd always had a talent for i started early when i was still at school on saturdays i worked in a sports shop and was laid off because there was a question mark against my honesty (laughs) called into the manager's office at four o'clock i left for good at quarter past helping myself to a generous silver handshake from the till as i went (laughs) a few years later i was fired from an insurance company for lack of attention to detail my work involved checking someone else's figures for errors and i tended not to bother there was no point my checking was checked by somebody else and before anything went through the computer it was double checked cross checked and double cross checked by two or three other people would you have bothered of course not You'd have been down in the basement playing in the ping-pong tournament like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he, he, he then manages to land a job. And uh, of that, he writes, uh, All that first day, and for most of the ones that followed, I longed for time to pass and dreamed of doing fuck all. <laughs> so familiar, isn't it? Typically, I spent a good part of any morning trying to tunnel my way out of a hangover before getting down to the serious business of skiving and flat hunting. I was in no shape to work. Being homeless, I slept at the flat of whichever friend I happened to be seeing on a particular night, went into work, changed into a suit, and slowly assumed the identity of a diligent employee as the morning wore on. Sometimes I didn't make the transition until the afternoon. (laughs) Sometimes I didn't make it out, make it at all. If I was out very late, I let myself into the office at two or three in the morning, slept on the couch in reception, and then shaved in the washroom and clambered into my suit before anyone else arrived. This could be Osman writing this, couldn't it? The good thing about this arrangement was that by the time everyone else turned up, I was already beavering away like a going places company man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, but yeah, I think we've given that as a tip yeah. in the past, haven't we? Um, uh, then he then he gets sacked for multiple misdemeanours, including uh, not wearing shoes in the office. <laughs> Which again, that's one of Half Life's favourites. Uh, mm. 
And he comes to the conclusion that all work is good for is reminding you of how good life is when you're not working. Yeah. It's the contrast you were talking about, Vinny, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think he says that you need to have a job, otherwise how can you skive? Yes, exactly. I think it's his friend. I've got that passion somewhere. That's why people work, said his friend, Freddie. Uh, Employment is a prerequisite for the truly fulfilling task of skiving, of feeling that you're screwing your employer. Even heart surgeons probably try to find some way of leaving out a few valves and the odd (laughs) stitch so they can knock off half an hour early. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, sure enough, the rest of the book is a sort of tapestry of threads on music and beer and sitting on roofs, chatting, playing games and relationships with a bit of a twist at the end. Mm. I won't mention. But it's essentially a sort of love letter to youth and time-wasting. Uh, or as we prefer to call it, making friends and having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And furthermore, it's all set around Tulse Hill, Herne Hill, Brixton and Camberwell. So if you're familiar with any of those parts of South London, you've got this added piquancy that you know everywhere he's talking about. So when they go to Brockwell Park for a game of tennis, you know, we've been there. Mm. Um, Not for tennis. Not for tennis, no. Um, (laughs) You're more of a bowls man, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, So that is... Jeff Dyer's The Colour of Memory, uh, published originally in 1989. Story of the slack in 80s. Is it, is it time for the... What I think it is? The scene. The scene? It's time for the scene. It's time for the scene. The social <laughs> media scene. Yeah, first up, um, we haven't had a letter from the world from... Spider. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> For some time. For some time. Um, but I did hear from him. Oh. Uh, I was uh, listening to the uh, cricket commentary of the England-Australia debacle on uh, uh, guerrilla cricket. Oh, yeah. And they read out tweets from uh, listeners. And one of them no. came up from Spider. No. Yes. <laughs> Greetings from Buenos Aires, it uh-huh. says. England haven't reached the semi-final for 27 years. Australia, India, New Zealand to face in the run-in. It would be squeaky bum time had I not already lost my sphincter and begun oh. shitting myself. What? He's obsessed with it. Everything's about his, his, his he's all, arse. He's all about the anus, isn't he's he? He's all about the anus. Oh. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, so we know he's in Buenos Aires. Mm. Does it give us an opportunity to play... Um, his, his jingle one Oh, last. yes. One yeah, last come on. Come on. on. Let's, give it, let's give it a go. <laughs> Must we? Every woman, every man, every boy and every girl Take a seat, it's drunk or spider's letter from the world Okay, yeah, I saw a thread, I don't know if you saw this, about um, gluttonous dogs. No, no, Um, Gluttonous dogs... Uh, and their various food thefts got, <laughs> yeah. me, got me chuckling. Mm. It all started when at Sally Hughes posted a picture of her dog with, um, this is the face of an absolute arsehole who stole an entire wedge of Parmesan. Chinned the lot in 10 minutes. <laughs> and people started chipping in with their own experiences. At Chelsea Girl 2 tweeted, Bella once ate a pair of sunglasses, a £20 note, and my Clinique eyeliner in one day. <laughs> <laughs> At Miss CMR reported, 
Well, she had a picture of her dog up saying, this beauty stole two glasses of rosé and then, drunk, ate a shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine E.S. said, our schnauzer used to chew up used sanitary towels and leave them all around the house and also ate used condoms from my brother's room and then shat them out like poo balloons. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Linda Kavanagh says... This prick ate two boxes of Quality Street. The wrappers came out over the next couple of days. A week later, he ate a bag of cement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a very good thread. Um, It reminds me of my dog, actually, my old dog, Shep. Um, He was brought back to my house one day by some neighbour who knocked on the door and said to me, is your dog a fucking circus dog? (laughs) I said, "No, no, sir. Why? I was very polite in those days. No, sir, why? He said, well, he's unlocked my back door opened my oven and eating my roast chicken <laughs> which was cooking at 200 degrees centigrade uh, I don't, I'm not sure I believe he opened his door I mean, don't you need a key he's a very very clever dog chef he never used to feed <laughs> he's the only dog I know who actually caught the bus five miles to Colchester for a day out he used to do it quite regularly get, get on the bus go to Colchester and see some friends wait at the bus get on the bus back maybe he was a circus dog yeah. mm. well I didn't have a dog I only had a Still have a cat, mm. Kerbishly cat. Yeah, uh, he was more of a giver than a, 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 a food mm. stealer. He would often bring in gifts like magpies and squirrels and the, the like. Um, squirrels. And squirrels, yeah. Um, mice, obviously, a lot. Yeah. But he used to. What he used to do is he used to drop the, the mouse into the bath, <laughs> knowing that it could not escape. It's quite clever. And then he could torture it all night, just fuck about with it. Oh yeah. And then I'd wake up in the morning and. You know, I've got this gift of a mouse, but my bath is full of piss and blood and shit, and none of it's mine. <laughs> That's the worst thing. <laughs> um, you spotted something that made you chuckle from oh, a familiar name? Yes, uh, from Tom Whitcomb, uh, our, our agent. I remember you, him. You remember him? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, he tweeted uh, a Google review. Um from his uh, about his old school, uh, somebody said, uh, Shenley Brookend is one of the best school I have ever went. <laughs> <laughs> Superb, nice one, Tom. Um, I've got uh, something from Ali Candy. Did you, did you catch uh, Chernobyl, you guys? Well, you're still watching it, I'm aren't still you? Watching, so I won't yeah. put any no spoilers, no yeah. spoilers, but an amazing drama. Although Ali Candy had a slightly different, um, Ali Candy had a slightly different take on it. All you folks crowing on about the realism of that Chernobyl drama. I have a friend who lives out there and he said he could count at least nine inaccuracies in the show on one hand. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom. Yeah, we've had that. That's that's a form of gag before, haven't we? Yeah, it's still quality, though. We like it. Yeah. Uh, That was the fizz going off bubbles. (laughs) Oh. Um, Does that mean it's about it? I think that is about it, isn't it? Uh, That's probably... The end of the show. And the end of the series. The end of the s- oh. end of oh. s- That's my alarm. Time to get up. Two <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a fun year. Uh, we've had, uh, what, canal boats, pub manifestos, commercial managers and French deserting. Incredibly, we've had 50,000 listeners or listeners. And we still haven't made a penny. No, perfect. <laughs> it's isn't amazing, it? yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, if you were feeling understandably that you might be a little odd 
listening to a podcast about doing nothing. And worry not, you are in the good company of plenty of like-minded scoundrels and waiters. Waiters? (laughs) (laughs) Waiters everywhere are tuning in. Wasters, of course. Um, 50,000, bloody hell. I mean, to be honest, that does seem like a good time to tear everything up and start again. Yes, which we'll be doing for the new series starting in September. Yeah, if we can come up with anything new. Yeah, otherwise we'll just repeat the old balls. Yeah, definitely. Maybe literally. Quite. So thanks to Deadly on Knobs, and to you for putting up with us. Can we go to the pub now? Yes, please. What is a pub raider? Oh, I'm glad you asked that, because whenever I'm asked that question, I'm reminded of the 11 blind Spartans that encountered an elephant for the first time. (laughs) Here we go. The first blind Spartan felt the elephant's trunk and declared that an elephant is like a snake. The second blind Spartan felt the elephant's tail and declared that an elephant is like rope. The third blind Spartan felt the elephant's leg and declared that an elephant is like a tree. The fourth blind Spartan felt the elephant's horn. (laughs) Tusk. Tusk and, de- and declared that an elephant is like a spear. The fifth blind Spartan. How many were there? Thirty. <laughs> A moment of silence. 